Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to the rundown with Rob and Rich, uh, which we're doing every other Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Very loose, lighthearted look at what's going on in the mortgage industry. And uh, my illustrious co-host uh, working through his technical issues here. And uh, okay, it looks better. We go. I, I, that may not stop people from harassing you in the chat, but they'll just have to find something else to harass you about. It's be, because, Rich, I, I write my commentary using this computer. I, I tend to breathe really heavy when I'm doing it. <laughs> and I guess, you know, over time, the lens gets foggy. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. And Rob, I heard you're holding on to a ton of GameStop stock. Is there any truth to those rumors? <laughs> yeah, in fact, I don't even know why I'm doing this uh, Zoom call, Rich. I should be like, I don't know where I'd go, actually. Isn't that something? It's, it reminds us that, uh, you know, people are people and there are fads. And there are, uh, you know, tulip bulb uh, issues or tech stock issues. Uh, and, and even when you think, oh, people are too smart to do certain things or, or no one will do that again or no one will fall for that or, you know, whatever. When you look at, when you look at that, when you look at Bitcoin, I mean, some of the things that are going on right now are, are really, you know, interesting case studies in psychology and investment, what people do with their money. It's very, very interesting. Uh, no, I don't have any of that. No. Do you? A little. Okay. I wish I had more. I'm still hanging on to it. If you see me looking out of the corner of my eye at my phone, I'm nervously uh, tracking the progress as we head towards the market close. So, but uh, yeah, it. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Reddit. Uh, I've been a Wall Street bets uh lurker i post rarely for many years so uh i i wish i would have jumped in more fully but uh i'm on the ride here kind of so i'm uh i'm, I'm pretty simple-minded when it comes to investments and you know I, I hearken back to what my mom would tell me and and or what she would say about something like that um you know, people people need to eat and people need to drink clean water and people need, you know, you you know, electricity and so forth. So I'm pretty conservative and tend to put my money into things that I can understand versus things like that. To my to my detriment, you know, I hope you strike it rich. Versus yeah, dying strip mall companies that uh, just a, a group <laughs> of uh, internet uh, bandits decide to right yeah right. it's crazy though it uh, man it's been it really has been interesting the whole Main Street versus Wall Street uh, uh, you know clash that uh, has come to a head this week so yeah and I think that I think when in terms of how this might relate to mortgage banking and, and lending. Uh, as we as we've talked about the the lenders that are out there and the loan officers who had many of whom had a very good year last year, it reminds us that borrowers need somebody to help them with issues and whether you know I'm not saying loan officers are going to explain you know Reddit and, and Game Shop and all that, but but the mortgage process is so complex and it's very helpful to have. A loan officer that they can, a borrower can call, or email, or text, or however they want to communicate. It's that personal touch I think that's helped so many millions of borrowers 
uh, last year and in previous years, and we'll continue to help them. So the, the originators being there to uh, help explain you know, com- the complex mortgage process, very, very important. Uh, moving on, you know, before this show a couple of weeks ago, I started a LinkedIn jihad calling for you as uh, the next FHFA commissioner. Since then, hundreds of likes to the post, <laughs> many, many thousand views, oh, comments. Any? No? We Can we take this any further? No? No, I, I just hope, you know, we as an industry hope whoever gets appointed or nominated or hired to do certain jobs, uh, uh, those people have common sense and that they are intelligent and that they understand both what borrowers are trying to achieve, but also what the industry is trying to achieve. Because if you think about us as an industry, uh, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know how many people that are on this call, but if you add up everybody's collective experience, it's probably thousands of years of, of mortgage lending experience and opinions and, and, and thoughts about what works and what doesn't work. And so for anybody in those kind of roles, whether it's director of the FHFA or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or FHA, FHA, those positions are very, very important. It's under, important for them to understand the, the industry and, uh, and that we're not you know, a bunch of scoundrels. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm okay sending out my simple commentary to you know, a couple hundred people a day and, uh, and not running the FHFA, but I appreciate the nod. Yeah, you got a great gig. I got to think. I mean, you, you that would be all kinds of drama, and yeah, I mean it. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. The 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 FHFA, of course. When you talk to somebody from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, they can't really talk about their future. But to to be to be running the FHFA and have Congress, you know, sitting on one shoulder and the industry sitting on the other shoulder and the public, you know, out there watching your every move. It would just be, I, I would think it'd be a nightmare, nightmare of a job. And then, you know, we're not, we're not back on this show for another couple of weeks. So the Super Bowl will have passed any, you got a Super Bowl pick, any dog in that fight, Tom Brady, uh, you know, versus uh, Mahomes, any, any, any dog. I'm in a, I'll, I'll root for Kansas City. What about you? Whoever I bet on. And I haven't decided yet. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that, that's my, I mean, you know, my Cleveland teams, I'm die hard to the bone. And other than that, it's where my money is riding and that's where my loyalty is. So, which is like game stuff. That's, that's a very mercenary, mercenary uh, outlook. I look at it as uh, capitalistic and opportunistic, right? Yeah. So it's my Cleveland teams. You know, that's where my, my fandom lies. So everything else it's, you know, it's opportunity. So, um, all right, getting into actual mortgage matters, uh, which uh, is supposed to be the, the bane of this show. Um, so uh, all kinds of stuff going on right now. Biden's getting settled in uh, to office, starting to make appointments. Um, and uh, Federal Reserve came out recently and, you know, no big shock, but basically reiterated their commitment to bond buying that we're nowhere near any sort of recovery, reaffirming uh, their commitment to, you know, fixed income. And that obviously affects our industry uh, as mortgage rates, you know, fueling heavily, obviously, off of that. So uh, any thoughts there? Uh, Just, you know, some of the new administration stuff, the Fed, uh, their 
newly public stance on their commitment to the bond market? Yeah, the well, you touched on so many so many topics and so many subjects. The <clears throat> with the new administration, people were talking about regulations and people were talking about interest rates in the economy. Uh, right now, the as we all know, the economy, uh, not only our economy, but the world economy is being driven by the pandemic. And frankly, until we get that uh, squared away, you know, we're going to be subject to all kinds of things going on. People talk about, uh, you know, what are interest rates going to do and what is the Fed thinking? And the Fed has pretty much made it clear. The Fed has made it clear for a number of months that they expect uh, rocky times ahead for the U.S. economy, and they expect to keep rates very, very low uh, for quite some time until they see some kind of pickup in the economy. And uh, I, think, I think folks on the phone call, uh, you know, as a quick example of the economy, um, you know, ask yourself, for example, when was the last time you were in a theater? You know, when, when was, what was the last, last time you watched a movie in a theater? Uh, I don't remember the last time I was in a theater. And yet AMC stock is doing very, very well. Uh, for whatever reason, that's a separate uh, uh, discussion. But nonetheless, until the economy picks up some steam, we can expect low rates. And what do I mean by low rates? You know, I'm talking about, you know, if you're if you can get a 30-year fixed rate mortgage for two and three quarters or three percent or three and a quarter, that's still a very, very low rate. Occasionally people will ask me, Rich, about zero uh, percent interest rates, especially with regard to the treasury, not so much mortgages, although I think uh, Denmark has some kind of great uh, uh, mortgage. And uh, uh, if you go back uh, to, uh, uh, you know, Japan uh, has had 0% interest rates for quite some time. And if you think, wow, is the Japanese economy booming? It's not booming. It's it's uh, it's not really doing much of anything, uh, but yet zero percent is still stuck in some people's minds. But once again, you have to think about what will. Let's say, you know, Rich, you could snap your fingers and Treasury rates, the ten year would go to zero, or whatever. The cost of borrowing will go to zero. The issue is that when you're talking about IBM or talking about PepsiCo or talking about whatever, if you offer them 0% financing, what will they do with that money? There's, you could, IBM might say, well, we can't, you know, the demand for our products isn't there. And so, you know, maybe we would open up a new factory, but, or whatever, but uh, at, using the 0% money, but there's no demand. So there's no need for us to build a factory. With borrowers right now, uh, if you look at today's personal income and consumption numbers, the, the savings rate, which used to be just a couple percent, now is up near 14%. It came in at 13.7%, I believe. People who are working are saving their money. They're not, they're not flying off to Cancun. They're not buying you know, $100 neckties or, or $1,000 watches. They're, they're, the people who are working uh, they are they are sitting at home. They are not spending a lot of money. There's a whole another segment of the economy that it isn't hard to see 
you know, going back to, uh, you know, you look, you know, the maid at the Marriott or the, the short order cook at the local bar and grill, you know, they are really being negatively impacted by what's going on with the economy and what's going on with the pandemic. So when you talk about interest rates and when you talk about the new administration and the Federal Reserve and so forth, and by the way, I don't know, uh, well, there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of link, linkage now between the Federal Reserve and the new administration because uh, the Federal Reserve is a separate, separate entity. But the Federal Reserve has said, we're going to have low interest rates for quite some time. On the administration side, the things that they are doing to try to uh, control or uh, you know do away with the pandemic and to try to motivate the economy, those are all going to take months and months and months to achieve. And so we could very well see low interest rates well through 2021, which is good for our industry. It's not great for our economy, but it's good for our industry. And so uh, the, the refi, re, refinance volume should continue to be strong for a while. Uh, purchases may pick up and the, uh, uh, you know, our, our business should continue to do well. So that's, that's a good thing for the folks on this call. Absolutely. And yeah, a lot of comments in the chat about some of the stocks you mentioned all doing well today, uh, including AMC, but, uh, um, and, so we talked. You talked about the regulatory piece. Well, I know you've said in the past, like you know, that that mortgage lenders today are much more compliant in general. It's without a doubt. I mean, I just think you know, um, like I think our industry, honestly, you talk about like what's going on with Wall Street right now and what's happened with the newspaper industry and twenty five million other industries where they've been kind of modernized. I've seen that happen in the mortgage industry. I you know kind of joke. Uh, you know, all the time, like the, the mortgage industry was such like the good old, good old boys club it was a lot of old white guys, really, for many, many, many years, we've seen some, you know, needed and positive change there. You know, I talked to some of our CEOs of our member companies, they're young, dynamic, they just think different than mortgage lenders have thought uh, in the past. And, uh, you know, I see that I've seen our industry kind of get modernized. And I think that will continue to happen here, really, you know, as tech continues to emerge. And, uh, you know, we, we see uh, the industry continue to really change how we manufacture a loan and, and how we do business in general. But uh, where I was going with all this in the compliance piece, the CFPB, I don't like to me, I mean, to me, this is a, we are about ready to get a cataclysmic change from a regulatory perspective. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying we are, we are going from one end of the pendulum to the other um, as it relates to uh, the CFPB and uh, you know, Rohit Chopra uh, was, you know, very close with, with Elizabeth Warren and, you know, like my interpretation of that whole thing is like when all the Democratic candidates that laid down to, you know, clear the runway for Biden ended up being a smart strategy was uh, Warren and Klobuchar and Buttigieg and uh, Buttigieg just got an appointment. Right. So the favors are starting to come now. Right. Why do you why do you when you broker those deals, when when everybody laid down and got behind Biden? Because at the time that was still a race. But to me, this is Elizabeth Warren's favor. Um, you know, I think she, the CFPB was her baby and, you know, very publicly on record of just being nauseated at, at what it had become under Trump. We talked at the last version of this episode that, you know, some good things have been done at CFPB. They had been much more open, transparent. They've sent people to our conferences that you talked about. Um, but 
the regulatory change. I, you know, any thoughts on that and how it's going to impact uh, mortgage lenders these next couple of years? And it, uh, I'm worried about, I tend to over worry about things, but I think I might be validated here. Your, your brow is definitely furrowed. <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, you and I will disagree a little bit. It'll be inter- interesting to see. I, I have a slightly uh, different outlook. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the term cataclysmic. When you say cataclysmic, to me, that means, you know, holy smokes, you know, there's going to be, you know, uh, king, you know, dinosaurs roaming the earth here, and there's going to be a meteor striking New York and blah, blah, blah. The, the, the point that I, that I think that I try to make, the, the point that I believe in is that uh, for the industry and for the people on this call, they are doing things differently than they were 10, 12, 15 years ago. Uh, they, we are, uh, and there are always going to be exceptions, sure. But we as an industry like having borrowers have the ability to repay. We, uh, you know, in servicing handoffs, uh, we do a much better job handing off servicing, transferring servicing than we did 10 or 12 years ago. The, the consumer complaints are way down. And so I liken it to, and I may have, may have mentioned this on the last call, if I'm, if I'm going down, you know, down the highway and the speed limit is 65 and I'm going 65 and there's a state trooper driving next to me or up by the side of the road, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to the speed limit. My, my car is registered. I'm, I have nothing, I have nothing to be afraid of. I'm not going to get pulled over. Whereas, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, people were going 90 miles an hour and, you know, they had something, they had a reason to get pulled over by the trooper. Now I would say that the vast majority of lenders are doing the right things. They're doing them in a compliant manner. Uh, they are paying attention to, to regulations. They have beefed up their QC departments. They have beefed up their compliance departments or outsourced their compliance departments or, or some of the compliance work. Uh, they may have enlisted the help of some attorneys and so forth. And so the machine, these factories that are producing mortgages, I think, are doing a much better job of producing mortgages than they were some years ago. And they are producing a finished product, which is a, a very, very good finished product. The, the investors know what they are buying when, they're, when they are buying agency loans, for example, or when uh, a company is brokering uh, or, or you know, brokering or selling on a correspondent basis a jumbo loan or a non-QM loan. You know, it's, it's very much, you know, there, there's no stated income, stated asset kind of stuff going on. And so, yeah, there, there could be all kinds of changes at the CFPB, but maybe the CFPB will turn its attention elsewhere besides mortgage banking, because frankly, I don't think as an industry, we are broken. I, I think we have thousands of lenders out there that are doing a great job. Uh, and so let the CFPB look over at, you know, payday lenders or car loans or student lending or something else. Uh, so I'm not, uh, and maybe this is a little bit Pollyannish of me, but I, I like to think that the, the lenders now, um, uh, whether they're using technology that's supplied by vendors who are very aware of compliance and regulatory issues or whether they're doing it themselves, 
I think we're doing a much better job than we were, like I said, 10 or 12 years ago. So I don't, I mean, there might be some changes. There might be uh, some things going on. I, I like to hope that the, the CFPB and other state level regulatory entities, because there are plenty of those, uh, continue with education. Because I think the last four years, the CFPB has swiveled to your point and, and moved more towards an educational process, moved toward a process where it's taking input from the industries that it, that it touches and incorporates that into decision-making rather than go back to the Richard Cordray days when it was you know shoot first, ask questions later, grab the headlines with a big enforcement action against whoever it is for point banks or RESPA violent, whoever it might be. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I think that there will be changes. I agree with you that there will be changes. I don't know if there are, if there will be cataclysmic changes, uh, but like I said, I like to think that we're doing a much better job than we were some years ago. We we don't have as much to be afraid of. I agree. I mean, you know, I th- I think the the lenders that are still in the marketplace are much smarter, much more compliant in general. You mentioned technology is a big part of it too. I think technology plays a big part in if it's, you know, um, detecting fraud or just quality checks on loans, things like that, that technology is kind of taken care of now instead of humans. So from, from those perspectives, I think, yeah, we're, we're so much more compliant of an industry and it needed to be that way. My fear more is if you just look look at how much mortgage volume was produced this year um, and look at who was doing it. Uh, You know, just having been in the banking world for many years and being just so heavily regulated uh, in in my years doing that, uh, you know, I I look at just the pie of mortgage volume and and now, you know, I don't know what exactly what the market share. My my guess is that 60 in the 60s is the the percentage of non-bank mortgage lending. When you look at companies like Rocket and United Wholesale and some of these other big guys that have just been growing, 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 a lot of them going public now. So my fear is that, you know, the, from a compliance perspective, they're going to look at that. Those organizations, non-banks, are regulated much differently and primarily by the CFBB than banks. Um, and that, that that is what's going to catch their attention, that we just have just hundreds of billions of dollars of mortgage volume being done by these non-banks that I would agree are generally doing things the right way. And some of these non-banks have very brash CEOs, United Wholesale and Quicken that, you know, Quicken had very public spat with the government over FHA loans and, you know, really went out of their way to kind of thumb their nose at the government, you know, through that investigation. So I, I just, that's what I worry about. Um, and, you know, uh, and just, you know, collecting all this additional HUMDA data, I feel like really from a regulatory perspective, if you're a non-bank, sooner rather than later, you're going to be held to the same fair lending. You know, if you're rocket mortgage and, you know, your footprint is in these areas or pick the non-bank that um, you're going to have your feet held to the fire to lend to people, or at least take applications from people that meet and match the demographics of the areas that you have footprint in that could really cut from a cost perspective. you know, the cost to comply with that kind of stuff can be heavy. So that that's more my fear. I don't know if that makes any sense. Sure. Absolutely. It does. Uh, compliance isn't cheap. Uh, fair lending isn't cheap. You can quote me on that, Rich. Uh, 
but 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 it is and there there is definitely a school of thought out there that says gee i'm a small mortgage company i can't afford to do some of these things compliance wise or regulatorily wise uh, that the larger companies can do and so you know dot 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 i i'm i'm sure there's some of that going on however the uh uh, like, like I said, the, the, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the gross discrepancies between rules and regulations back then and what people were companies were doing was dramatic. That said, the, the CFPB and other regulatory bodies have further advanced the rules and regulations. They've clarified, I think the last four years, CFPB has done a good job in terms of clarifying where their head is in, in regarding some of these gray areas. And, and yeah, there's some still some gray areas that need to be worked on. But, you know, for example, publishing a frequently asked question uh, uh, website on MSAs, uh, I think has helped a lot of companies say, okay, now, now this makes sense. We can do this. We can't do that. To be, so be able to, so to, I hope that the CFPB, as I said earlier, continues to clarify and educate uh, on some of these issues. And I think if that's if that's what they do, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, comment in the chat, uh, agree the CFPB sees IMBs as cash cows, the fines and penalties will increase regardless of quality or compliance. And I, that like cuts to the heart of my fear, like mortgage companies made so much freaking money this year. A lot of these companies are now filing to go public. So it's all out there. Well, it's not going to be a secret. Don't tell anybody. Because, right, the biggest ones are going public. Um, And I do think, like, just from an opportunistic standpoint, I think the way that the new CFPB is going to look at mortgage lending is an uncomfortable amount of volume is going to non-banks that are regulated much different. These lenders made so much money last year um, on some level, I think, you know, government is uncomfortable with non-banks doing a, 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 a certain percentage of the mortgage volume. They're going to look at those, they're, you know, if there's an example to be made, while well, you can also uh, line the pockets of that regulatory body, um, you know, I think that, uh, that that's something that that you could really see happen. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, you know what? There's there's some of that that's already going on uh, in terms of the uh, you know loan level price adjustments that that are that 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 are that exist right now. Uh, I remember many years ago, and I meant to look this up, but remember the the ten basis point uh, that came out of the guarantee fee to pay for some kind of tax uh, uh, issue. This was like ten years ago, twelve years ago. They've never they've never removed that ten basis points, even though you know. I mean, it's just it's the gift that keeps on giving to the government. If you look at the uh, adverse market fee that uh, the agencies are charging now, uh, it's like you know I receive a lot of emails from people saying you know what the heck, you know what where, where's the adverse market? You know, property values are going up, uh, loan to values in effect are going down because the values are going up, so there's less risk out there. What are we talking about in terms of the adverse market fee? Why do Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the FHFA, still have that? And once it's implemented, as it has been starting December 1, will they ever remove it? Will they ever do away with it? And 
unfortunately, I have a little bit of a negative viewpoint uh, because I don't think they'll ever do away with it. It'll be called the adverse market fee because something might happen with forbearance. Something might happen with delinquencies and foreclosures. I don't, I don't see the forbearance uh, boogeyman really jumping out and grabbing the industry and grabbing the market in the United States in terms of, in terms of properties and values. Uh, but yet the, the agencies continue to charge this adverse market fee. Uh, there, there is some chatter about the Biden administration doing, you know, having some influence on that to try to help borrowers. There's also talk about uh, the Biden administration exerting some influence on the FHA, FHA uh, mortgage insurance premium, potentially reducing that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a, <clears throat> I'm going to put on my, my uh, unsinkable Molly Brown hat here for a minute, Rich, and say that as an industry, as an industry, I don't think the Biden administration, I don't think the CFPB, I don't think Congress, whoever wants to hurt us as an industry. We've been helping millions of borrowers for, you know, especially in 2020, we were expected to help millions more in 2021. We as an industry have been through so much in the last 10 or 12 years. You know, the CFPB, TRID, um, you know, now we've got the new application coming out. And we continue as an industry to, to overcome these, whether they're, you call, want to call them speed bumps or hurdles or roadblocks or whatever. We as an industry continue to help borrowers. And as long as the, the regulators and the government keeps that in mind, I think we'll be in good shape. And you're right. I mean, the, the, we had a fantastic year. Uh, there's nothing really to complain about if you're a lender or a loan officer right now. Things are firing on all cylinders. Rates are low. You know, pipelines are still full. Uh, and uh, we are originating loans in a compliant manner. But you're right. Companies made a lot of money. And those companies that have gone public or are going public, suddenly their earnings are out there for everybody to look at. Uh, if you look at uh, Loan Depot fi filed with the SEC recently, um, and, and you can see how much these companies make. And if you, I like to make a joke about politicians. Politicians never want to see anybody out there making more money than they do every year. And frankly, I think a senator earns about $174,000 or $180,000 a year as a U.S. senator, Elizabeth Warren. All right. So I'm sure that she and other politicians and regulators are looking at us as an industry saying, well, that's a golden goose. Yep. You know, that's, that, that's ripe for the plucking. Uh, and let's, let's get it. Let's get a share of that. So, yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see that happening, unfortunately, but, uh, let's hope it doesn't get too carried away. Yeah, definitely some comments in the chat in the Q and A about the adverse market fee and, uh, go about another five minutes here with Rob Crisman on the rundown with Robin Rich, but a couple of things I want to get back into here a little bit. Um, one is the adverse market fee and a lot of comments in the chat, just, yeah people echoing the belief they don't think it's going to go away. It's just, it's a tough spigot to turn off. And I think that the way that, uh, you know, that uh, FHFA and the Fed are looking at that too, is they're like, hey, well, you know, so a 10 basis point 
uh, 50 basis point adverse market fee or a 10 basis point increase to G fee. It's like an eighth in rate, you know, at the end of the day, 15 basis points maybe is the, the net correlation to how it, you know, affects a, a borrower that's refinancing or, or buying a new home. And I think part of the way that they're looking at it to justify it is, well, hell, hey, we're buying the living hell out of the uh, long end of the bond market to help manufacture mortgage rates low. We're helping you drive rates down. Thus, we feel less bad about putting 50 bips uh, in our pocket on every transaction. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, one, the industry outcry to erase that fee when things turn. We've talked about this before. Uh, Times are great right now. Volume is good. Uh, you know, when things turn, I, I just think we're going to go into this insanely low margin, insanely competitive market with all these lenders that have made money, built war chests, added employees, bought new technology, um, looking to continue to feed the beast. And uh, I think they're just people are just going to be beating each other over the head for volume like we saw two winners ago. Um, you know, so you get into that type of climate, 50 bips on, uh, you know, uh, any type of volume or a uh, guarantee fee increase that lenders don't, they don't, a lot of people don't even realize that they're seeing it in their cash pricing reflected in a lower price. Um, There is some, some, you know, if there's any good news in that, and I agree hundred percent with you, but if there's anything good, good to think about, or one way to think about it is that it impacts everyone in this industry, whether it's riches and Rob's, you know, mortgage or, you know, Wells Fargo and Rocket, you know, that that fee isn't selective. You know, in the old in the old days, you know, there there would be company specific fees, there would be company specific uh, G fees, guarantee fees, guarantor fees. And so there was a feeling that the playing field wasn't level. Now, at least, you know, misery loves company to some extent. The whole industry is impacted by it. It's not like Rich and Rob have to yep. pay a 50 basis point guarantee fee. And, you know, some company like, you know, the mortgage firm in the Southeast only has to pay 20 basis point adverse market fee. You know, it's, it's, it's uniform at least. So last thing I want yeah, to hopefully they do away with that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Say, last thing I want to touch on, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, marketing services agreements, you know, it's a huge topic for our industry just because a big, big part of our industry is, you know, uh, getting referred business from realtors, builders, financial planners. And, um, and it was great to see the CFPB come out with that, uh, FAQ. It was like, I don't know, like four or five months ago where they almost kind of said like, Hey, marketing services agreements under these, uh, you know, tenants are legal. Um, which we've always believed to be true. Uh, that said, that's not how the previous version of the CFPB, CFPB viewed it. I mean, I, the last, I think I talked about it, I forget if it was this show or another, but the bank I was at before I took this job six years ago, I spent six months, my last six months at that bank unwinding all of our marketing services agreements because of um, how that CFPB viewed them. And we just viewed it institutionally as way too much risk to be in all these MSAs um, with all these real estate brokerages. Um, and uh, that that's another thing that is going to be very interesting to see how the CFPB handles that specifically related to our industry. Um, guidance on marketing services agreements, RESPA. Uh, it's a very gray area, like the whole 
you can't pay for referrals, but you can pay for marketing services. Um, and that's another one of my worries as we as we move forward here. Yeah, I think, I, of course, they can't, um, they, they can't, uh, you know, when, once again, using my analogy of going down the highway and I'm going 65 and then next month they change the speed limit to 60, they can't come back to me and say, well, you went 65, so we're going to penalize you because I'm going to say, well, that was the speed limit then. If the CFPB does change things or the state regulatory institutions, and there, and there are a lot of state regulatory institutions that are out there, but if they change the rules and regulations with regard to MSAs, for example, they can't go back and say, well, you know, you were doing it this way in 2020 or 2019, and now we've changed to that, and that makes that illegal, so we're going to penalize you. As long as they they educate us and tell us, um, I think that's, you know, half the battle. Uh, question, and if anybody has any questions or comments for Rob or I, this would be the time to do it as we look to get wrapped up here. Um had a question come in, Rob, for you. Where do you guys think, I'm, I'm just saying this one's for you, uh, the agency desk caps at $1.5 billion possibly uh, may land in reality and how that will impact independence? So good question. Um, the, for the most part, the, the agreement that the Treasury reached with the FHFA a couple of weeks ago was uh, greeted by the industry very favorably. I think they incorporated many of the things uh, that they that they that we wanted, but that was kind of one sticking point. It's like, oh, you're going to cap the amount that I can sell to a window at a billion and a half for four quarters. Well, if you look at it, it's a billion and a half per agency. So you sell it to the Fannie window, sell it to the Freddie window. That's three billion. That tends to impact the aggregators like Penny Mac or Amerihome and some very large companies like Fairway Independent, Rocket. <clears throat> we have a year, okay? So this doesn't take effect for another year. So we've got a little time, all right? The, the question has been, well, traditionally they have pushed us toward the window and away from issuing our own mortgage-backed securities and now they are putting a cap on the amount that we can sell to the window. You are, in effect, potentially handcuffing our execution capabilities uh, for our capital markets team. If they can't sell to the window when they hit a certain cap, then they have to sell to an aggregator, or maybe and maybe that aggregator's hands are tied because they've capped out, and then you end up going into the mortgage-backed security route. Um, I think that the uh, as I said earlier, we have a year to figure this out. We have a year to try to influence and change that, uh, perhaps with a different person in there than Mark Calabria. If that comes to pass, I think we've got some time here to, to play with that. So uh, I'm not as worried about that as, uh, you know, as some of the other things that they might have done. So hopefully they change the language. And even if they don't, I think it'll impact a relatively small number of players. And we still have mortgage-backed security, MBS execution out there uh, uh, to, to utilize. So it's not 
it's not curtains on the industry. Uh, it's just a, you know, it's a different uh, kind of, it's a different way of potentially executing as you near that cap. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for the questions, everybody. Thanks for the feedback and thanks for joining us, Rob. Always enjoy the conversation. This was great this week, though. A lot of good topics, a lot of stuff to keep our eye on uh, as we move forward here. And uh, appreciate you joining me. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to wear a Hawaiian shirt. We're in the dead of winter. We're approaching the Super Bowl. I wanted to liven things up a little bit with a Hawaiian shirt. Um, and uh, yeah, it's hard to believe we're, we're almost done with January already. Where'd the month go? So, Rich, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again to everybody for joining us. And uh, we'll be back two weeks from today. Uh, I think that's uh, Friday, February 9th, if I remember correctly, 3 p.m. Eastern for the rundown with Rob and Rich. Until then, uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. You too, Rich. Bye, Rob. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.